Okay, so welcome this morning. Happy, happy Sunday, guys. Um, we are super excited you're here, and this summer we are, and if you didn't notice, I said, right, welcome to summer at Catalyst because it's summer in Texas, and so I think it feels like 95 already. It's really hot. Um, and today we're going to put a different group of people in the hot seat. As JR mentioned, we have got the threes filling the hot seat today. But just as a quick reminder, um, we're going on a quest for spiritual transformation, and we're doing that with La Familia Madrigal from Encanto, or Encanto. Um, now, these magical madrigals, they correlate with a tool utilized in spiritual direction, and as a reminder, it's called an Enneagram or an Enneagram, um, or I think Ian's the guy that wrote the book we're basing from. His grandmother called it an Enneagram. She thought it was funny to say that. Anyway, um, it's, it's kind of fun to see what people do with this. Well, today we're going to focus on the second of Maribel's older sisters, Louisa. And Maribel calls her and her other sister, Isabella, the beauty, that's Isabella, and the brawn, that's Louisa. Now, Louisa is built like what I think of as an Amazon, right? She's super tall, she's super powerful, just like Herculean in size, and she's pretty amazing. Her superpower is that superhuman strength. Is the church foundation failing? It's not a problem, call Louisa. She'll pick up the church building and move it to a new location. She's got you covered. Your home, maybe it's tilting on the foundation. I think they saw us in Texas and realized this happens to us. Well, we could just call Louisa. With one hip bump, boom, she's got your house back up and running like it needs to be. She's just absolutely amazing. And the best part, if your donkeys escape their pen, you don't have to go hunt for them. No, just call Louisa. She will go track them down and put them on her back and carry them home. That's what Louisa's for, right? She's strong, she's brave, and she is whoever everyone else needs her to be. Well, at least on the surface. Do you know anyone like that? Maybe the strongest, the smartest, the fastest, the whateverest in the room? Well, they're the ones the others rely on to get things done and often expect to lead the way. Sometimes, when you see these people out of whatever context you normally see them in, you're kind of shocked and don't even know who they are. Because you see, they literally become whatever everybody else needs. So they put on a mask or a, pers or a persona, excuse me, and they morph into whatever est is needed. Smartest, they'll do it. Um, kindest, they can do that. Um, snottiest, they can do that too. Whatever it is we need, that's what they become. Um, and while relying on them for their strength, their intelligence, their adaptability, all of that's greatly beneficial to us and to everyone else around them, their need to be seen as the best, well, that can make them a bit braggy, especially when they're feeling less than successful. Anybody remember Brent from season four of... Um, the good place? Yeah. Remember, he went to Princeton, right? He went to Princeton. You, Princeton, not Rutgers. It was Princeton. So that's the kind of thing that, that threes tend to do. Now, if, um, if any of that sounds familiar, you probably know a three on the Enneagram. And if you're thinking, um, of course, anyone who can do more should do more. And uh, if you don't really know how it's okay, you just fake it till you make it. Or maybe you're thinking, well, what's wrong with a little um, self-promotion? You know, bragging, that's not an issue, it's fine. Everybody needs to make sure that, that everybody else knows what they can do, right? Well, if that sounds like you, you might be just like JR, you might be a three. JR, I'm not calling you braggy, I'm just saying you might be a three. Okay. <laughs> now, threes are incredible. And they are often revered, in, especially in the United States and in the West, with our do more, be more, accumulate more kind of mindset. Their drive for success at any cost is actually what our nation was built on. They could bend the rules, they could build, bend their ethics, and get it done. And 
it had been done that way for centuries, they could come up with an excuse for it. Um, and if you are a boss and you have one of these guys on your team or one of these girls on your team, you are thrilled because they will do anything to make sure it happens. They take their um, work on vacation, whatever needs to be done, there's nothing too big, no, no task too monumental, they will make sure it happens. Um, so today we're going to see, though, that what self-aware threes, they already know a little secret. Their need to be seen as successful and to be valuable to those around them can actually lead down a path of deception to the point that they can forget who they really are and they can lose sight of their value and instead they can settle for the masks and for the shortcuts and for the half-truths and for reminding everybody they went to Princeton. So threes, how can you find freedom to be your true self and enjoy the life God has given you? And how can the rest of us that love threes in our lives, how can we do that well? But before we go there, let's take some time together to worship the God who loves us and values us just because he's God and just because we exist. Good morning again. Hope everybody had a great time passing peace. I always love that part of, this, of the service. Of course, that's normally because I get to go hang with the kiddos, but it was good to be in here with the adults this morning. Um, so quick reminder, on its surface, the Enneagram looks like a personality profile, kind of like Myers-Briggs or Strength Finders or any other number ones you might, you might find out on the internet or that you've maybe studied in your psychology classes. In the Enneagram, you identify yourself as one of the numbers one through nine. And that then goes on to describe how you interact with the world. Well, Ian Cron, a spiritual director, says it like this. Personality tests tell you who you really are. The Enneagram tells you who you are really not. In other words, the Enneagram helps us identify in ourselves something theologians and mystics call our shadow self, the personas or the masks that we all create to help us cope with the world. Throughout this series, we've been investigating the type uh, the type embodied by each of the members of La Familia Madrigal, allowing them to illustrate for us the various personas. Then, we'll, then we dive into scriptures to see how these personas keep us from being who we were fully created to be by God. Now, our end goal is that we come to know our creator better by getting to know God's creation. And our hope is by the end of the summer, we come together as a spiritual family, closer than ever, and a source of healing and hope for our community, like the Familia Madrigal was in the movie. Although I don't think any of us are getting superhuman strength. If you do let me know, I, my foundation could probably use a little hip bump. Um, so we're in the shame triad today. So this, last, last Sunday, we started that with Julieta. She's our very healthy helper who has learned to share her healing gifts with the world without being defined by, what others, by others, their appreciation or their recognition of her generosity. And we all need more Julietas in our lives. Now, like um, JR said, a lot of people, when he got online, they think that um, probably he says they're wrong. It's JR. He can say that. But they, they um, really, a lot of people really think that um, Louise is actually a two as well because she helps everybody. But here's where I think there's a very fine line difference between the two. Um, with a two, with a helper, like JR shared last week, they really need you to say thank you. They really need, their, their need is to be recognized as being helpful because they get that appreciation back. That's how they know that you love them. With a, uh, with a three, they need to be seen as successful. They need you to see that they have worth. So it's not really about the thank you. It's about that, oh my goodness, you're incredible, that kind of thing. Um, so that's the, the difference between the two. And yes, we like to hear that we're incredible when we're, when we're threes. Hint, that means I'm a three. Okay. So, um, Louisa, we're going to spend some time with her today. She's a performer. She's strong. She's dependable. 
Her powers, it provides for the, for the village. It builds, it moves whatever the family and the village needs it to move. But you see, she's keeping a very deep, dark secret. She is worried that she's actually a fraud, that she's not as strong as she needs to be, that she can't really carry all that weight. That's, that was all over that song that Ashley sang for us this morning. Um, and she's really terrified that if anyone discovers her secret, that she really might not be all, all that they, she thinks they think she is, that the whole village is going to crumble around her like dominoes falling. Well, Maribel, her sister, truly sees Louisa and all the weight that has been piled on her shoulders. Maribel encourages Louisa to rest, especially when Louisa confesses that she felt weak when the, ma the magic began to falter. But it's really hard for Louisa to stop. Even when her strength is failing, Louisa answers Abuela's call to single-handedly carry the piano instead of gathering up a group to get it done. She can't be seen as weak, even when she longs for rest and relaxation, because weakness would be a failure, and failure is not an option. This need to be seen as strong and successful dominates three's lives, just as it dominated Louisa's. To fail is to be worthless, and worthless is intolerable. And that's the classic Enneagram 3. And a three's view of the world being seen as successful is what gives you value. If you don't add value, then you are not worth loving. So the word that rules a three's life is success. Now, if you, like Louisa, are developing a little bit of a stressed eye twitch right now, take a deep breath because it's not all bad. So threes, here's the deal. If you want to be healthy, you must recognize that you and every other person are endowed with value simply because God loves you. This value, God's love, cannot be earned and it cannot be lost because of anything that you do. So we're going to read this truth together very carefully from Romans 8, verses 38 and 39. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Not even tears. Um, no power in the sky above or the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So repeat after me, nothing. Nothing. Nothing you can do makes him love you more, and nothing you can do it will make God love you less. Although sometimes he makes you cry to remind you not to get too full of yourself. Okay. So this goes for success and failure too, because there's not a single failure that we can make or a success that we can achieve that changes anything about how God loves us or looks at us. So we're going to take a look at a pretty famous, somebody I think is probably a three in the Bible. Again, he can't tell us, and really you should diagnose yourself on the Enneagram. But long ago, and actually not even that long ago, birth order and gender determined the value of a person, right? In ancient times, that was, it was pretty tough if you were not born male or first, because that's the person that mattered, nobody else. Well, our three had the misfortune of, um, sorry, of being the second born twin. I mean, come on, give me a break. You're the first pregnancy, but you're the second kid, and you don't have any value, right? So um, his name was Jacob. He was, of course, Isaac and Rebecca's second child, the second twin, the one that grabbed his brother's heel as he was coming out, because, I mean, come on, the poor kid was trying to be first. He was really trying. Um, but he just he, you know, couldn't, couldn't get there. Um, well, Louisa felt like her worth all came from her supernatural gift of strength. Jacob's birth order just confirmed to him that he didn't matter, that he was worthless in this ancient patriarchal society he lived in. Um, so 
like every other not firstborn male, he had to earn his value. Well, can I give you another little secret, guys? Jacob had it better than the women, because guess how women had to earn their value? They had to marry well and have a lot of sons. So this was a pretty crummy time period to live in. Can you kind of can understand why Jacob might turn out the way Jacob turned out, right? Um, and this is kind of a variation of what the Enneagram tells us that threes learn as children. You are what you do, and you're only as loved as your most recent success. So what you did three days ago isn't important. That's why you're constantly trying to achieve something else. Well, let's get back to Jacob for a second. Jacob's father, he was the patriarch, so he controlled everything, right? He decided who got what and who was important and all that kind of thing. Well, he loved the older brother the most. Esau was his favorite by far because Esau was stronger. He was larger. He was hairier. I don't know why that matters, but the Bible tells us he was hairier. Um, and he was a much better hunter. Esau was everything that society valued as for a firstborn child. But Jacob, Jacob was smart. And he learned to recognize the needs and the weaknesses in others, and he exploited them. That's how his threeness uh, manifested. He couldn't go to Princeton, so he had to figure out how to, how to earn value some other way, right? So he knew Esau couldn't resist good food, that Esau was all about his stomach and meeting his own um, physical needs. Esau comes in really hungry from hunting. He's famished. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to die. What does he do? He trades him a bowl of stew for his birthright. And, I, and people go, oh, my goodness, how could he do that? Well, of course he could do that. He just sold him what he needed, right? I mean, that's what threes do. They sell you what they think you need. Well, later on, with the help of his mother, not only does he have his birthright, but he gets his father's blessing because he fools uh, Isaac into thinking he's Esau. All of this just so he can have some value because Esau got it all by birth and Jacob had to earn it. Um, and this is a strange way to earn it, deceit, but that's what he's able to do just so he can, he can have a little bit of value. And we see, uh, we see people do this even now that are threes. They, can, they spin things, they, they twist the truth a little bit. They can't handle not succeeding, so they propagate some stories about how they didn't really lose or they didn't really fail. Something else in the system caused them to fail. Not saying any names, but does this any of this sound familiar to anybody? Yeah. So we, as threes, have to be careful about this. Well, winning, if winning's all that matters, deceit is something that you can tolerate, right? But that deception, it's unhealthy and it's dangerous. And even for Jacob, it failed. And it actually required him to flee his home because his brother was going to kill him. It's pretty, pretty drastic. And he had, he had to get out of there. So his mom sends him to his uncle's house. And on the way there, a really interesting thing happened. Jacob goes to sleep and God gives him a dream. And in this dream, he gives him a set of promises. And these promises are not dependent upon anything Jacob is supposed to achieve. God doesn't say, I'm going to give you this land if you'll go home and become, or if you'll go out and become the richest goat herder in history, right? Nothing. It's not predicated on accomplishing anything. It's a promise that doesn't have to be earned, but instead it's a gift. And so Jacob's first step to becoming a healthy three was learning to accept God's gift. So let's read Romans 8, 38, 39 together out loud, like literally out loud. We're going to all read together. If you're online, it's okay if there's somebody around you or not, it's okay, just read it out loud with us, okay? Because it really helps to, at least for me, it really helps it to stick into my brain. So you guys ready? Are we up? Okay, one, two, three. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. 
No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's generous love, it's unearned, and it's not dependent upon any societal rules or notions of success. And this is good news for everyone, and amazing news for threes, if we can learn to accept it. So this promise, this gift that God uh, made to Jacob, he actually doesn't hand it to Jacob right off the bat. Now, again, Jacob doesn't have to earn anything, but Jacob's not ready for this just yet. There are some lessons he needs to learn. And these come while Jacob's at his uncle Laban's house. And then Laban, he is probably an even better manipulator, spin doctor, deceiver than his nephew. And the, so he can, he can manipulate things and he, he gets what he wants and, and Jacob doesn't quite catch it, right? So this is a failure on Jacob's part. It had to be pretty rude awakening to wake up the next morning and realize you married somebody you didn't intend to marry. I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big failure, right? Um, and because of that, Laban got 14 years out of him and two daughters married off instead of just one daughter, the one that, that Jacob really wanted in seven years. Um, but Jacob actually spends the time to honor that commitment, even though he got tricked into it, and he learns patience, and he, um, he learns how to do things the right way instead of ch- taking shortcuts, instead of trying to trick people into doing what he wants. Um, now, of course, Laban has no intention of letting um, Jacob go, and God comes to him in a, in, to Jacob in a dream and says, he's not going to let you go. You need, to, you need to get out of there. Well, one of the things that threes can have tr- uh, trouble with is actually confrontation. We fit on that little triangle. Remember our friends, the nines, that don't like com- confrontation? Well, we slide up there a lot, uh, especially when things get super uncomfortable. So Jacob flees in the middle of the night, and he has really nowhere else to go but um, back to his brother Esau, you know, the guy that was going to kill him. He doesn't have anywhere else to head, but he heads off in that direction. And um, when he meets Esau, he actually, Esau actually greets him with... Um, Arms open, outstretched, and it's kind of, sorry. It's a beautiful story, but it really is. To see a brother who got deceived, who greets his younger brother and says, why are you bringing me all this stuff? I don't need stuff, I just need you. And he just opens his arms and grabs Jacob, and that's what I envision anyway. He just grabs Jacob in a great big bear hug, a lot like Louisa and Maribel, right? So when... When Louisa confesses to Maribel that, she, that all this stuff has been happening, that she feels weak, um, remember Maribel's grandmother made her feel like an idiot for saying that the magic was breaking, right? And Louisa knew that Maribel was right. And she did say, you coward, how dare you let me take grandmother's wrath on my own? Nope, she did it. She just grabbed Louisa and hugged her and let Louisa hug her back. And then to me, that's the most beautiful picture of unconditional love an unconditional acceptance. And um, I, just, I just think that's gorgeous. And the threes, we have to remember that trying to earn acceptance or salvation through accomplishment, it's futile. God loves us unconditionally. We're reminded in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, that God saved us by his special favor when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. You didn't earn it. You can't earn it. It's a gift. And guess what? Your drive, your determination, your ability to see what's needed and and deliver it, God knows that you bring all of this to the table, and he cannot wait for you to accept the love and salvation freely given so that you are free to utilize those gifts to do the great work God planned for you to do. 
He planned for you to accomplish those things from the very beginning. That's actually the follow-on to that verse, kind of in Vanessa speak. Paul calls this um, a masterpiece, and that God, it's not that because we didn't earn it, we sit back on our duffs, right? That's not it at all. God knows we need to do this. Threes need to do things, and God's, God wants us to be after those things and to do, do the right things. We just have to understand that that love and acceptance are already ours, not because of what we have accomplished and not because God gave them to you, but just because God is God. And there's good news because if you can relax a little and try to be and do what, or sorry, if you can relax a little and stop trying to be and do what pleases others, right? Because that's kind of the way we're, the threes are wired. But instead, you, you can just listen to God's promises and focus maybe on your own needs and your own feelings instead of doing what you think other people expect from you. That you can discover the joy and satisfaction that are missing when you live your life hidden behind the masks. And Louisa sings of this uh, in the song. She says, but wait, if I could shake the crushing weight of expectations, would that free up some room for joy or relaxation or simple pleasure? Like maybe if you don't take your laptop on vacation, maybe, right? Maybe that would help. Um, maybe if you just take some time to reflect and, and be with God and be with yourself instead of on, constantly having to do something. So threes, what would happen if we were honest with ourselves and others when the load is too heavy and things keep piling on? Maybe we could have time to feel our own feelings and pursue our own dreams. And um, yeah, some things might fail, some things might fall, but, but maybe they need to. Now, remember that donkey story in, in Louisa? Like, they like, hey, Louisa, the donkeys got out. You know, I got really angry at the townspeople in that movie the first time I saw it. And that's stupid to get mad at a kid's movie. But I'm like, really? You basically have Wonder Woman in your midst? And what do you say? Hey, go get the donkeys. No, that's probably, no, not, not probably. That is definitely not the best use of Louisa's talent. Um, my thought for the townspeople was, get off your behind and go fix your fence and get your own donkeys, right? I mean, come on, give me a little bit of a break. So here's something you need to know about a three. Like Louisa, if you ask them to do something, most of the time they're going to do it, right? They're going to want, because they want to please you. They want to do what you want to do. Um, so try not overwhelming them a little bit. Maybe don't pile on quite so, so much stuff, um, because they're not going to push back. And threes, guess what we need to do? There's a key word we need to learn. We can say it nicely, but it's no, right? It's, it's okay to say no. Louisa should have had permission to say, uh, already moving the church, already, no, right? Just, just no. And when we say no, even though sometimes things may fail, and I know that's painful and awful and terrible and terrifying and gut-wrenching, and anxiety-inducing to think of letting something fall apart. But honestly, if we don't, then other people don't step into what they need to do, right? The villagers didn't step up and start taking care of themselves until the magic, the magic failed and all the Madrigals couldn't do everything that they were doing before. And then the townspeople were like, oh, I can go get donkeys. I can fix it. It's all good. I can make this happen. This is fine. Um, we're all called to do specific work. And so if we don't allow things to fail sometimes if we don't know if we don't say I can't be the one that does that and other people don't get a chance to step up none of us become who God called us to be um, because you know failure often leads to the biggest breakthroughs failure like letting ourselves down making mistakes guys it really does lead to amazing breakthroughs because it can be the wake-up call to notice changes needed it can be the, destructive, the destruction that forces us to rebuild something. If you think about it, without failure, 
without the road to Damascus, we don't get Paul, right? I mean, if he hadn't just completely been put in his place, there is no Paul. And without Peter's triplet of denial, he wouldn't have been the Peter that we know. He couldn't have led the way that he led. He had to fail. Jesus let him fail, and he needed to fail. Um, so another thing to being a key to being a healthier three, we need to learn to be still. It is so hard to hear God or your own thoughts and desires if you are constantly doing, right? If you're busy, 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 you can't really reflect and take time to, to think about what God's calling you to or what God, need, what God has actually called you to be. Now, that might mean you need to journal. It might mean you need to meditate. But I have a, a favor to ask if my fellow threes. Don't put it on your to-do list. I mean, I know if you're like me, checking off to-do list actually feels good, right? But yeah, this is not another opportunity to pat yourself on the back that you accomplished something. Just sit in the, in the realization that I did this today and it's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a check the box thing. Um, and okay, so church, as, as a church, how can we better love our threes? Well, first off, threes, don't worry. We do not have to pick up the church building and move it to a new foundation. That's a good thing. Um, as a, a healthy three, we bring, uh, threes bring drive to get things done. So if you're working with a three, let them bring that drive, right? Um, threes, when you do that, often other people find you encouraging and inspiring, and they do more themselves. And the, the ability to see what other people need actually can help a group focus when their resources might be limited. You actually focus in the right direction. Efficiency, that's our thing, right? Threes like things to be efficient. We're not about perfection. We're about efficiency. So we can definitely bring that. Um, to love our threes better, we need to remind them to take some downtime. Uh, that's why we send pastors on sabbaticals and vacations, right? That's why they, they have to unplug too. It may shock you a little bit when um, a three trusts you enough to actually lower a mask. You're like, oh, who are you? And where did you come from? Um, that's okay. It's a, it's a big, it means that, that they really do trust you. Uh, let them cry, let them be tired, let them be scared, be funny, be serious, be a nerd. Whatever it is that they, that they truly are, whoever it is that they truly are. And then just help them be the best version of themselves by loving them that way. Now, can you imagine letting go of the need to be what you think others want and just to trust that God knows you and loves you as you really are? Then imagine all you can accomplish and all that God has created you to accomplish when you drop the disguises and just rest in being who God created you to be, which is simply you. Now, you don't have to be or do anything but yourself to come to the table with us today as we take communion. God gave you a spot here, and this is a table that welcomes you as you are. So we're going to sit um, quietly for a little bit and ask ourselves some questions of examine, a prayer of examine. Um, so first, when in the last week have I pretended to be okay when I wasn't? When in the last week have I prioritized success or the appearance of success over honesty or other people? 
when in the upcoming week might I be tempted to hide who I really am? How can I let go of my need to achieve and take time to listen to the Holy Spirit this week? God, thank you for gathering us today to hear this good news that we are not what we do. We are not what we produce. We are your beloved children, your artwork. And we thank you for those among us who particularly need to hear this. We approach this table now and receive these elements knowing that we do nothing to earn our seat here. As we receive these elements, we pray they become a spiritual food. May we receive the grace to trust your love is true and complete. We offer these prayers and receive this meal in the name of your son, Jesus. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he shared this meal with his disciples. And during the meal, he broke bread and he gave it to them and said, This is my body, broken for you. Take it and eat. And when the meal was finished, he gave them a cup of wine. And he said, This is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink it. So now we too eat and drink, and as we do, we remember Jesus' death until he returns. So this week, um, here's, our, here's your assignment, threes. Uh, find someone you trust and be honest with them about how you really feel when they really ask. Now, of course, I'm not telling you when the random person goes at the grocery store and says, hey, how are you? You do not have to unload on them, okay? But find somebody you trust. And, and when they really ask, really tell them. Threes, when the need to accomplish something and the need to be present for someone conflict, make the conscious decision to be present in that moment for that person. Now, for those of us who love threes, it can be easy to overlook the masks that they wear and that they hide behind. So take some time this week to be trustworthy and to be accepting of your three so that they can just be themselves and feel their own feelings. One last thing, threes want your approval and praise, and they really like it when you verbalize, but beware, they can smell insincerity from a mile away, so flattery and praise, not the same thing. Find something sincere to praise them on, and you'll make their day. Now, friends, go this week in God's grace and peace, and remember that you are loved just as you are, who you are, not for anything that you do, not for anything that you produce, but just because God is God. Have a great week.